Hey everybody, welcome back. This is part two of the Foxes and the Hound Catholic Dating Advice. Again, we have not ended our odyssey into this strange and wild land. Um, and, but now, uh, last time we talked about men and how we could give some dating advice for men. Now, it's the ladies who get our help. And luckily, I have two ladies with me to help me out. So, Anna Mae and Anna Rizzo, here we are. Here we are. And so I think we had three kind of main concepts we wanted to walk people through. These aren't linear, but and they're all going to play out in different ways and kind of be integrated together. But we were thinking first about the question of caution or mystery. Um, anime, do you want to take that on, or is it Anna Rizzo's turn? Oh gosh, I think it's my turn. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, you broke up. <laughs> this is what Zoom does. Unlike the, a good relationship. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I'm right sorry. Off the bat, that was a really into, bad joke, but I tried. <laughs> to avoid the breakup, we need a little caution going into it. You don't want to just, you know, go off into a relationship or whatever with, you know, your heart on your sleeve. I mean, that's all well and good, but in this particular instance, you got to kind of guard your heart and be cautious. And, you know, you don't want to give too much of yourself away. Um, even when you're just getting to know people like you, and if you want to get a guy to know you, like you can't just blurt out your entire life story from start to finish and all your hopes and dreams and fears on the first date. Like that's a little scary. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> you need a little, there needs to be a little mystery there and a little caution. You know, you don't want to give too much of your story away right away. And you don't want to just, you know, put all of your cards out on the table immediately. Like there has to be some prudence and some caution there. Um, I don't know if anybody else wants to it, chime in on that. that. You're trying yeah, it's not that you're trying to hide your true self in any way. You're just because that that's not good. Like you, you can't get that. That's grounds for an annulment if we want, <laughs> if we want to go that far. But like you, uh, it, it's a a level of uh, introducing yourself to people, right? Like there, you even just like your girlfriends, right? Like you get to, you meet a, another person, like you get to know them and you slowly grow closer. Now, you know, that can happen quicker, faster, but you don't just like, hi, nice to meet you. Here's all my emotional baggage. Like it's, yes. it, it's a journey. Like, and you, you don't, um, you don't not only give them your emotional baggage, you don't like open it up and go through it like piece by piece. Like it's, it's there and you're going to tell them about it at some point, you know, but it, it's not, you don't put it on the table. Like it, right. it's not the appropriate time. It's, it's, it's something that like they need to earn your trust in that. And I think a lot of girls have a tendency to kind of lay it all on the line because they're afraid of being rejected. So they just like, here's me and all of my problems. But then, you know, you've just basically opened your heart up to this guy that you don't know yet if he is trustworthy enough for all of your story, for all of your heart. And yet you just handed it to him. So 
And I know like it ends up like if the relationship doesn't work out, like down the road, it will really hurt you to have given up so much of yourself, so much of your story and your heart to somebody who ended up not deserving that, you know? So you have to have, just take some time. You don't, you don't have to lay it all out on the line immediately. That doesn't mean you also have to, I mean, you don't want to hide anything, but you know, there's a proper time and a place for you to air out, you know, to tell your story. And it's not like he should be wanting to get to know you, but you don't, he, it's like, it's a process of getting to know somebody. It's not, you know, here I am and here's all of my baggage. Oh, please don't. I think you'll scare most men away. (laughs) Scare them all away. <laughs> we don't have a good a good way of dealing with that. Um, Not that it's a bad I, thing to have baggage because everybody has it. We all have. But baggage. I was gonna say, like, you are yeah. beautiful in all of your faults. Like, this isn't you, you, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's no, what, what Anna life. said. Like, he has to earn that. Like, exactly. that is a it's, gift. It's to, a privilege to share your wounds. Is a gift. Like, it's like and the he most, doesn't deserve that yet. Yeah, it's like the deepest form of intimacy is sharing with somebody, you know, all of your hopes, dreams, fears, and struggles, all of the things that have happened to you, who have shaped you into who you are. And, you know, some some random guy who you just met 10 minutes ago, like he does it or a week ago or whatever, like he doesn't, like he hasn't earned that trust yet. So like you, you're not going to show him, you know, the innermost parts of what makes you, you, all of your your fears and struggles and all of those things like he has to earn that and that's not against you or him it's just you know it's very important to protect yourself there because it is valuable Mm -hmm. and I mean like we mentioned like I mean this question of we're all we all have baggage we all have wounds um like to to touch someone's wounds to have to have someone show you their wounds is a very intimate experience um let us take recently, we had, we like in the octave, we had all the resurrection stories, uh, which are lovely and awesome. And like, I always think of like St. Thomas, like, Thomas, stick your hand in my side. Gross, <laughs> <laughs> Lord. But I guess so. Um, I look my um, but like Jesus invites Thomas into this intimacy by showing him his wounds. Um, and in that moment of intimacy and vulnerability, it becomes a badge of his love for Thomas, his love for the disciples. But it's something that this is after three years of ministry with them. This is after the passion, death and resurrection. Like this was, we've been through a lot, guys. <laughs> uh, and, and with that too, uh, like you want to know who is the most patient with revealing himself? Uh, the Lord, the greatest love story ever told, the Bible. Um, he took centuries and centuries and centuries to reveal himself to people. Um, he's really good at it. Let's like take a page out of the <laughs> book um, in terms of our mystery, like this gradual revelation of ourselves as we become ever more open to receiving the other. Um, and, th- and that brings us to our kind of our second point, this question of receptivity. Um, Anna May, you want to, you want to tackle some of this? If you want to get married, if you want to have a relationship with a man, you have to say yes to a date. You have to put yourself in situations where you could be asked out on a date. 
Like I, I see this, I mean, it's a little bit harder in COVID times, but I have seen this a lot throughout the years is a lot of women really want to get married, but they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily act like it. And they don't necessarily, um, put themselves in a position where men see them as open um, to that. Um, like it's the same thing we kind of talked to in the previous episode, like those kind of come into play as well. Like you got to be able to talk to a boy uh, or a man. Um, what, you mean at the but to them? like, yes. yeah, I know. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> but to be, I know to be receptive. <laughs> I mean, I'm single, so, (laughs) Um, but no, like, you, you, if this is something that you are, if you have discerned marriage, and this is something that you want, like, um, a a wise priest told me that, you know, play hard to get, you know, this is, this is good, it kind of leads, goes from the mystery, right, like, play hard to get. But my amend, like my uh, add-on to that statement is don't play impossible to get. Like, if you are interested in a guy, okay, uh, sometimes guys are a little bit dense, and you're going to have to drop some hints. Like, you're going to have to, like, you can't just look at them and smile. Like, it's not necessarily going to work. Like, you, you're going to have no. Like, you're going to have to drop some hints. Um, it is not a good idea. And I don't know many girls who actually do this. Uh, but it, and, I, and I'm getting this clear for the men out there, too. Like, not a lot of women do this. So don't expect that this is what's happening. Uh, you can't say no and then expect the guy to ask you out again or to con- continue pursuing you. If you want to date that person, if they ask you, you have to say yes. Like that, and it just kind of comes in with with the territory, right? Like you you have to you can expect them to to meet you, like we talked about in the the previous episode. Like pick the girl up, buy her flowers, like do all of these things. But you have to show him that what in in a moral way <laughs> that these things <laughs> I have to like assume, that out there that these things are appreciated. <laughs> generally assume but yeah <laughs> I just I, I had to make that clear right like there, clarify there, yeah. uh, <laughs> clarify that I am not suggesting anything untoward ever <laughs> um, but y- you have to you have to tell that person hey you know I really I really had fun on this date I you know and if he says I'd like to go again. You have to say, yeah, I'd like to go again too. Like you, if this is, if this is what you want, you have to verbalize it. You have to, you have to show it. You have to be receptive to it. Like, and you have to be receptive to them as a, a person with their interests as a per- person. Like if you are interested in this person, you can't expect him to sit and watch Downton Abbey with you on every day. Like you're so- going to have to, what? But Downton Abbey is so good. I know. I was going to say. It's so good. And obviously he would want to watch it. Yeah. Obviously he would want to watch (laughs) it with you if he has good taste. But like he might like, I don't know, like like archery or like like jogging and wants to incorporate you into his interests and his friend group. And that's a good thing. And you're going to have to do it. It's not your way or the highway because 
Like, it's not. Give and take. 50-50. Yeah, but with that, too, like, let's be clear, like, when we're receptive to their friends, their interests, and this goes for men and women. um, Yes. we, We don't want to make ourselves, we don't want to receive and, like, become a mere image of them. Like, we are our own person, like, still. We are a subject in our own right, with our own interests, with our own passions. And, and so, like, I... I you are see- not one flesh yet. Like, are and not. On, that, on that note, can I interject something here? Always, Anna. <laughs> this is something I feel very strongly about because I've seen it happen to some of my friends. Like, do not lose who you are to become, you know, the ideal woman that he wants you to be like you can't lose your personality and what makes you 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 cannot whitewash that just to get a guy like it's not going to work out you're not going to be happy in the long run like you're going to be miserable because it's not who you are like it's very important to be yourself and to not you know transform yourself into his ideal woman because that might not be who you are and if it's being receptive to who he is in who you are exactly it's not like oh he only likes girls who wear x y and z so i'm going to only wear x y and z even though i hate them and they're not really me but you know he wants me to wear them so i'm going to lose all of my personality to be what he wants because i'm so desperate for a guy like it's not gonna work out or maybe it will but you might be really unhappy and we don't want that no, we do not. And like, we're called to happiness. And but the key to this receptivity, like Anna May mentioned, is we have to know who we are first. This is, key. yes, we recognize who we are. And in knowing who we are in like having this self knowledge, which St. Catherine of Siena, my bossy older sister in the spiritual life will tell us <laughs> understanding God and neighbor, like in knowing ourselves, we can recognize what the passions, the needs, the interests of others, and we can understand them better. Uh, but we have to know who we are. Otherwise, we don't have, we can't enter into an I-thou relationship with someone because we don't know who the I is. We got to know who the I is. And kind of on that note, it's also very, it's also really important too, to have some self-awareness on your own wounds and to be actively working on, on any, any wounds that you have that could affect the relationship, healing those. Because I know women tend to be way more emotional than men and not to say that men don't have emotional baggage because they do. But I think generally speaking, women, they get wounded easier because we are the, I don't want to say weaker in a bad way, but you know, in general, like we are the weaker sex. So we do get wounded easier And it's important to, especially when you're, you know, wanting to get married to make sure that you yourself are healed and that you are a whole person on your own. Because if you're expecting a guy to complete you, to, you know, to fix all of your problems, like that's not his problem. You know, he's not, you're not dating a guy and expect or going to marry a guy and think that he's going to fix everything that's wrong in your life. Like that is on you. You have to be a whole and complete person because you cannot go into a relationship, a relationship, you know, on running on fumes or half of a person because you're so 
wounded or, you know, are dealing with so much, like you got to make sure that, because nobody, like, you don't want your boyfriend or your husband to be your therapist, because that is also not going to work out in the long run, because it's exhausting. And you can't truly love somebody if you haven't, you know, and I don't want to say like, love yourself in like a selfish way, but in a, you know, love your neighbor as yourself for the love of me. Like you have to love yourself enough to, you know, get yourself the help that you might need or to be, to become a whole person. So you can love the other person, how they are supposed to be loved. And you can't do that. And and I would, yeah, the thing that I would say would be like, that doesn't mean you have to be perfect before you enter into a relationship. Cause I, I feel like that could quickly devolve into, I have to be perfect. I have to be whole. No, and, not and at all. that's not what you're saying. No, Just you're saying that you have to be it. aware. Yeah. yeah. Um, and acknowledge yeah. that. It, I, I just that wanted it to make that. Clear. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because there are some wounds that you are going to have potentially for your entire life. Um, it's just being aware of those and knowing what your needs are and what your expectations are. Because if you don't know what your needs and expectations are, you can't fully communicate them to another person. And this is going to end in all kinds of frustration because you're going to get frustrated with them for not um, being even aware or considerate of these things. And they're going to be frustrated because they have no clue what's going on because you haven't communicated it to them. Yep. And I mean, let's just be honest. Men need a lot of, lot of communication, very clear. Yes. I think, though, I mean, the question of wounds is one that that comes up very often because we're all wounded. Um, We all have baggage. It's not just you ladies. It's not just you men. We're all wounded. And with that, Brother Dominic is perfect, of course. (laughs) I mean, he manages to keep away. You were saying the U word a lot, so I just had to. (laughs) That's a good reminder. You are wounded. The Lord will humble me later. I have plenty of. But we in, but in inviting, in knowing our wounds, we're actually able to invite people in to see them and we can help through our relationships with the Lord and with others, we can show, we can understand how to begin the process of healing and handling those. How do we bandage this wound? How do we stitch this wound up? How do we take care of it and clean it out when it gets infected maybe? Um, And so this helps us kind of understand Again, self-knowledge is key. We have to know who we are. Um, and so if we don't know that, we can't enter into a relationship with another person because then where does that person end and where do I begin? I don't know. And it's, yeah, exactly. And it's not that the wounds are a bad thing. They're not, but they are, like they, they just need to be addressed before you wow. can you know, carry Why on. Did our just, Lord still have the, his wounds. I know they're, I they're a, <laughs> they can be a very beautiful thing, but a wound can quickly turn into a weapon if it's not addressed properly. Mm-hmm. And you just, and not even addressed properly, but just like you have to acknowledge that it's there and adapt based on that. Not that the wounds are a bad thing because, you know, we all got them. The Lord has, the Lord has his glorified wounds in heaven, just like we were saying a minute ago. I mean, and he is not afraid to show them off to the father and to the entire heavenly realm. 
these are my wounds. See them and know my love um, because I'm willing to share them with you. Um, and that is a powerful thing. Um, and, I, and so I want to transition into our kind of final um, of these three ideas. So we talked first about mystery and caution and then receptivity. And now the question is one of respect. Um, and how do we want to go about this? Which of you wants to go first, Annas? Um, <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> so uh, the one thing I see a lot is that men will sometimes, or boys will sometimes have a skewed idea of what respect from a woman means. But as a general rule, I've heard this cliche a lot, and I do think it's a cliche because there is truth to it, that women want to be loved and men want to be respected. And so this is not just, this is kind of dual. This is, it ties into what we were talking about previously, which is you have to respect yourself in order to properly respect someone else, right? Like you, you have to respect, um, like, disclaimer, you know, you're going on a date doesn't mean you respect them in that you do whatever they tell you. you like, you, you have a responsibility to use your own thought. But like, you, I, I do feel like in society today, we, there is a temptation to just bash men. Um, not bash men, but like, to, to, we, we are wounded. A lot of women are wounded in that we've had bad experiences with men. Both Anne and I have had bad experiences with men um, that that brings that makes it harder to respect a man as a man um, and, and that is so a potential thing is it, almost. yeah yeah and so if you are doing these things right if you are being cautious if you are being serious if you are aware of yourself and aware of your wounds and aware of what you need like you, you respect this person enough to eventually open up to them. You respect them enough to communicate with them. And you respect them enough to call it off if you need to. Like that, that is, you respect them as a person. Um, and I feel like in relationships across the board for men and women, there is a lack of respect as this person, as, you know, um, a, the, your brother or sister in Christ to make it kind of weird. But like, if you don't, um, if you don't marry that person, someone else is probably gonna. And that's a little weird to think about, right? Like, you, you have to respect this person as you would want someone else to have respected your future spouse. Right? If it's not your future spouse, it's somebody else's future spouse. Or I mean, maybe they're supposed to be a priest, you know? And then you've got that. Oh, here we are, old ball. And, and that's just, <laughs> and that's just an element of it. Like you respect them not because of their relation to other people. Like I hear that a lot. Like that's someone's daughter. No, that's a person. Like you respect them for who they are, but that is an element of it. Like their relationship in the body. And the and the core there, like so, we respect because of our shared unity as the children of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We respect the other, like, okay. But then when we talk about specific, like roles, vows we take, vocations, the manner of expression for that respect changes. 
And so, yes. for example, like how we respect a single person, it, we respect them, but we do it in a particular way. How we respect a married man or woman, it, we respect them in a particular way and we communicate that in a particular way. When we, yes. and the same goes for priests and religious, we communicate our respect in a particular way according to their way of life. Tar and feathers, man. I, I have told so many people, so many religious. I've told you, Brother Dominic, but if any chalice chippers go after you, I, I will get the tar and feathers. I, I'm coming for you. Like, this is, we do not play here. Like, this, that's a no-go. Like, Everyone has surrounded me with, with defenders. Um, but, like, you're getting at, thank you for that, by the way. Um, but you're getting at a great point, though, like, where we, again, like, Chalice Trippers is like this idea of like women chasing after seminarians is I apologize to all women who are dating or married a seminarian. Um, <laughs> Ex seminarian. Sorry, love you. <laughs> yeah. um, but Ex like, seminarians, yeah. stereotype though plays out in a lot of ways or I've actually heard it said like, oh, he's going to become a priest. What a waste. And so it, <sighs> it and so father, what a waste. And it becomes this moment where I, I've, I respected you before, but because now you're out of the dating pool, I don't, you've, you've taken a perfectly legitimate path in life. And yet I don't respect that. I don't respect, and I don't show it in the manner I should. Um, that's a particular example from like my, my side of the fence as a religious, but I think we can see this in a lot of different ways. Yep. And I think um, one of those ways is we can see it in how we, how we talk to married couples, um, whether it's married men or married women, um, where we don't really know how to, how to communicate and how to, how to show our respect in a way that is appropriate for this person who is married to another. Does that make sense, Anna? Oh, yeah, it does. I think we might have lost the other Anna. Uh-oh. This is what Zoom will do to you. <laughs> but no, you've got a good point there. It's just respect generally across the board. Like, all the wait, she's back. There we go. Anna's back, everyone. <laughs> so uh, we were just finishing up on the part of the conversation about um, respecting priests and religious, but also I think anime, we were talking earlier about how to respect, respect and show respect to those in a married relationship for a married man or a married woman. I, I and I feel like the, that is specifically a problem, like in your early mid twenties, when your friends start getting married. And um, I saw like a lot of girls that I knew um, who weren't bad people in any way, but um, they were used to a certain level and a certain kind of attention from men. And it wasn't necessarily a bad thing for a single man to a single man to flirt with, you know, a single woman. But once this person, be they a man or a woman, are married, they're off limits in that regard. Like there, there's a certain level of respect and there are certain, it's not to say that a, a married man or a married woman can't have a friend of the opposite sex like they can, uh, but there are certain safeguards that have to be in place. Just like I would say um, friendships between a, 
religious and non-religious of the, you know, like they, there are certain safeguards that you, you put into place. Like one thing that I was, would always do with my married friends is I would never, and this was a personal thing, uh, but I would never text um, a, a married man directly individually. I would always include the wife. Sure. Like it would, that, that was just for my own personal, like, I feel like this is respectful towards the wife like um and because there would be I I had for a while um several guy friends who got married um so I got to know their wives after they were married like through them um which is a really cool experience um but it you do have to be aware like we're no longer buds in the same way like it, it's not that there was ever anything there but the relationship does and should change. change. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, I think the, when we're talking in this way, like this question of, we have, we have to recognize that like relationships do change. Like my, my, again, my respect for you is going to always be kind of this foundational reality or it should be my love and respect for you. But that again is always manifested in certain ways. Brother Dominic, I would ask you to kind of flip the tables. How has your relationships with uh, your female friends changed after becoming a religious? Yeah. Um, so this is actually, strangely, I was talking about something like this the other day. Um, but so obviously uh, three evangelical councils, the vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience. <laughs> um, and so... I am, I am out of the dating pool, folks. Um, <laughs> it's official, guys. <laughs> Girls. It's great. Um, but <laughs> in that reality, I've noticed that I am able to enter into much deeper, more just basically human conversations. Um, for... For me, the option of relating and showing respect to a woman through flirting is not an option. Um, I have I have lost that tool in the belt. <laughs> and honestly, most men think that that think that, that that is the only tool they have to show respect. Um, and everything is a nail and it's a hammer. Um, and you're like, I, I can prove you that's not true because what I have discovered in my relationships, um, especially with my, with my women friends is I'm able to enter into a much deeper conversation with them um, and to be a presence of a guy that they can speak to who has no ulterior motive except to hear them. Like as a religious, my whole life is to be put at the service of the people of God of which <laughs> generally speaking, like 50% of the church is, is, is women, uh, if not more who are probably active. more. Yeah. Or, honestly, or active. <laughs> so like I'm able to enter into that and like, not that I say this out loud, but in my own mind, I'm like, I have no ulterior motive for being here except to love you as Christ would love you. There's, there's nothing else to say. Like, and so my attention, my, my way of speaking, my bearing, my tone, all of it is meant to communicate Christ. And it's, it can't ever, it's not a flirting's off the table. I have to enter into a whole new tool set, a whole new reality in that sense. But at the same time, I've, 
I mean, women will tell like so someone who has no ulterior motives a whole lot because they know they can. Um, <laughs> like I, I, you'll tell me a lot because you're, you're having a struggle or a difficulty and you know that Brother Dominic's not going to take advantage of that because Brother Dominic is a religious. Brother Dominic <laughs> is trying to date me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I will tell her in front of you, no. Anna will try and turn in front of you. I will um, also. But, You'll have two Annas after oh, you. <laughs> excellent. This is great. Um, but I mean, that's that's the truth, though. Like, it's this absolute openness to being like Christ and simply to say, and I don't always, I mean, I don't always succeed. I mean, I'm not always Christ. I, I have wounds too. We talked about that earlier. Um, but that's always the goal, like to enter into these and just say, I'm here to hear you. I'm here to support you. I don't have an ulterior motive. Like, I don't need to get anything from you. I, like, you are, you, you are not my vocation. The Lord is my vocation and he has directed me to help you in this moment. But does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No, I totally. And it, it kind of it kind of plays into what we had said previously in the last episode, which is you you want your future spouse. You you are no one's future spouse except the church. But that right. is some a good quality that you kind of want to see. You want to see someone who doesn't all their relationships don't have ulterior motives. Right. Whether you, you want to see someone who can respect uh, you themselves and the people around them as individuals like one thing I say as, as a woman I notice how a guy treats the waiter oh yep I, like that is a huge thing for me because it, it tells me how they treat someone who they naturally see as a little bit below them like a, this is a person who is serving you who you are paying to serve you who is bringing you your like the, there is a certain like naturally you're going to feel a little bit superior in some way right like but how you treat that person tells me everything are you treating them like you're superior are you treating them like you, they're your servant or your slave or are you treating them like the person who's doing their job like and that's your real self like the person you show there is your real self not the, yes. it's not the face you put on for her that you're generous that you're that you're courteous all these things like that's your he real could person open the door for you he could pull out the chair for you but if he doesn't leave a 15 percent tip to that waiter he's done <laughs> like yeah you know what i and let's be honest like 15 percent, gentlemen minimum that's a minimum yeah <laughs> but, but at the same time um sorry not just to like interject oh. here too but at the same time, sometimes that can, and I'm not talking like the basics of like, you know, treating the waiter well and everything else, but when they, sometimes they'll go too far almost to impress a girl. And it's not, if, if they're flirting with the waiter in front of you, that's a problem. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. But like, it, it's almost like they, they put on such a show of like, look at what a good person I am. Why, like, this is why you should date me, but it's not genuine. Like it has to be and genuine. That's why you, you know, play the long game and you're Exactly. Cautious, this is, right? it ties back into like why you have to, exactly, playing the long game. Like, you know, he might seem super generous and he very well could be, but it also could just be a facade. 
you know? Yeah. So just caution. Wooing and like this kind of showmanship, which is really sleight of hand. Right. And so we always need to, again, have this kind of caution, this mystery around us. Um, and to know who we are, again, that was a big thing. Like it wasn't one of the three we talked about, but this self-awareness, knowing who we are, knowing our wounds and our needs is really important. So really, I think that's a fourth thing, this kind of self-awareness. But we've, we're left with, we need this caution, this mystery, this receptivity, this self-awareness. And finally, we need this respect to undergird everything, not just for our future spouse, but just as people, as people created in the image and likeness of our, of our, of our God, we are, we're called to respect and love one another. And I mean, if you can't respect the waiter, you're not going to respect your wife. Um, I know this is the podcast yeah. episode of women, but sorry, man, I gave you a little advice there too. respect the waiter. Um, <laughs> tip. Let's go with that. <laughs> well, we're, we're assuming that it's not just men and women who are listening to these individual episodes, like take away from this, like what you as a man should do for a woman. Um, and as for the previous episode, when we're giving advice to, to men, you know, women take away from, from that, you know, think about the things that are a deal breaker for you in a relationship. Absolutely. And I think if we've learned anything in this, it's, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of overlap. Like there's a lot of things that are, that are similar again, cause we're, we're complementary to one another, but there's also a lot that's different. And so, I mean, we have to recognize that uh, our love languages, to use like that kind of language, are often very <laughs> yes. um, And we need, to, we need to come to understand each other. So that's kind of why we've done these two episodes this way. So we can, we can come to understand how we love a little better. Were you going to say something, Anna? I was just, I mean, this could be a whole episode in and of itself, but also... Um, uh, Precursor. <laughs> but just um, to all the girls that they're like, it's okay to have standards for a guy. You should have them and don't, but also like, they can't be like too out there. You know, they have to be reasonable standards, but it is a very- I want a six foot five, dark haired, blue eyes. Don't call me out like that, oh, Anna. <laughs> all right, ladies. <laughs> It's good but to have standards. But it gets back to, at, have like, to have these standards. I mean, again, no one's going to be Christ, okay? Right. Um, you're called to be like Christ, though. Um, but what we see here, though, is, again, this to have standards to be, and in a sense, also to be hard to get, um, but not to right. be impossibly so. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> it's good to have them just maybe, you know, be keep them realistic know what is a want and know what is a need like, exactly hey, i want a really handsome you know six foot very four, tall man yeah that might not be <laughs> but, <realistic>. you know <laughs> what i need is a catholic man who wants to be head of a house who wants to raise a godly family you know like these are the what is you gotta the put want your wants and your needs prioritize them like yes yeah a tall man would be wonderful, but it's more important <laughs> that he is a godly man than that he is tall. A godly like, tall man. 
All right. Now that we've determined that the Annas are really using this podcast to find men. Uh, no. I think, yeah, I think we have come to the end of our time joining us on this laughing, hilarious ride. We'll be back with a, a new episode soon. Oh, shout outs. Who do we have for shout outs this time? I'm Amelia. Hi, I love you. You're a great sister. Um, Annie from Edmonton. Because we uh, kind of slammed uh, women who uh, date or uh, date ex-seminarians, and we were talking about <laughs> you because you didn't meet him until after he was out of the seminary, so it doesn't count. Doesn't and apply to you, Annie. We're married. Yes, they were married on St. Joseph's Feast Day uh, on March 19th, and we love, we love you. We do love you, Annie. You're part of the A team. Yeah, the Anna and the Annie Club. Gotta love the A's. There we go. Awesome. So thank you all for joining us. Also, please be on the lookout. We're currently on Spotify and Anchor, but we'll also be on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts soon. So be on the lookout for that. And give us your feedback. Let us know what you thought. I hope these episodes were good. We talk a lot, but we hope it's interesting. So gotta love you all.